Welcome to The Coven Connection, where magic meets empowerment. I'm Nicole Pilavon, your badass guide through the realms of witchcraft, healing, and all the things mystical. In this enchanted corner of the podcast universe, we're here to let you know that your journey to destiny begins here. You're not just heard, you are witnessed. So grab your broomstick or your business plan, because on The Coven Connection, we celebrate your unapologetic, magical self. Let's dive into the mysteries, manifest our dreams, and ignite the power within. It's time to connect with your inner coven of possibility. Let's start the magic. Hello. Yeah. Victory. Take that technology. I win. <laughs> there we go. I was like, man, this technology is not working this morning. I was like so excited jumping on, and then I'm pretty sure like, they're like these two beautiful coming together and the universe is just going to explode <laughs> this is going to be interesting <laughs> um i'm so excited to be able to connect i watched some of your story over in the self-love club and i was like it's so hot here i'm like sweating out of my eyes so <laughs> i was like yeah. And Whitney warned me. Whitney was like, get your chis- tissues. And I was like, girl, I don't think I'm ready. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's, it's it's funny because I, I don't even share. Like, sometimes I go into a robot mode. Like, yeah, this is just my life. This is the, sta- the story. Like, press play on the recorder. And it took me a long time to drop back in and be like, that should impact your, your whole life. It's not just the thing you tell over and over. Like, it, that actually happened. Yes, it, it is profound. So I'm going to let you share like your body, like let them like, cause I try, I always feel like I can't do justice for the guests, right? Like I want to be able to share like how amazing you guys are. And I'm like, I'm very like, uh, I'm somebody who works with the, with my voice. When I type, I feel like it falls flat. So I was like, share your beautiful, magnificent warrior story so that they can know like, who you are, what you do, how much of a badass you are, because you are. <laughs> I realize I think I'm a flat typer too. Like I can ev- evoke, I'm a really good storyteller, but then when I go to talk about myself, it falls flat and I'm like, hmm. But then when I get on here, it's like, oh yeah, I'm gonna cry now. Oh yeah, I remember why I am and who I am and how I got here. So, so lead me just a little bit. You want me to tell how I got here, right? <laughs> I know. I'm like- Okay, hold on, hold on. Um, it's gonna be like, damn. <laughs> we can go from there. So I am Heather Nicole. Um, I am the CEO of Taboo Soul. I have been in business pretty much since I was born, but legit Taboo Soul, um, 2017. And I got into this work because as a child, I was like most of us. I mean, I'm, I don't want to say most of us, but a lot of us who have the story of essay and DV and of history of abuse. Um, I wanted my most, my main goal as a child was I wanted to save my kid, my siblings, and I wanted to show my mom that she didn't have to keep doing what she was doing, that she didn't have to jump into one relationship after the next, that we didn't have to go from one abuser to the next, and I didn't have to be abused anymore. 
because it would be my mom and then they'd come to me because I was a spitting image of my mom, but I was just a little girl. And I had two sisters and two brothers under me, two sisters for a long time. And then I got two little brothers under me. Um, and I just kept saying, I'm going to grow up and I want to save like get custody of all my siblings. And I'm going to show my mom it doesn't have to be this way. It doesn't have to be this way. And I didn't know how I was not being protected. I have pretty much every man that has come into her life abused me um and i saw law and order svu and i was like i'm gonna be benson and stable like that's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna save all of these kids so they don't ever have to hurt the way that i hurt and that if they do have to hurt they're not going to be alone and i'm going to be right by them side their side because i know how to help um i had a toxic upbringing parents that got divorced who fought and used the kids and like back and forth and I always wanted my dad's love and this that and the other like all of those sadly normal things for people who have shitty households yeah um and uh when I was 16 on my 16th birthday uh my, my mom's current husband had abused me and then two, three days later on Christmas Day, he did it again. And I said, I'm fucking done. Like, no one's protecting me. No one's keeping me safe. No, nobody. And uh, that's when my life changed, even though it got shittier. But that's when my life changed. And uh, I got sick. I have a tumor in my abdomen that came after losing a 20-pound tumor on my kidney. And it just, I kept getting hit and hit and I was like what did I do how I do with love what the hell did I do to deserve all of this abuse neglect people who abandoned me like what did I do so the judge said okay you can leave my mom stopped speaking to me and pretty much got rid of everything of mine anything that had anything to do with me there was never pictures of me on the wall unless there was, I was with it with my little sisters there's nothing nobody knew that she just told them I was off at college That's I was off at college, even though I was fending for my life. And like once I got with my dad, it was not good. And I ended up being homeless, living on the streets at 16, 17, trying to go to high school to graduate. <laughs> so I lived in California, moved to Wisconsin. The winters here are hard when you're a kid living on the street. Oh my God. So I luckily had friends and stuff who took me in. But like, it was always, like, one thing after another. Like, what the hell? Like, I know how much I love. I know how much I care for people and how much I do for people. And at that time, it was giving everything away and abandoning my body. And my body was getting sicker. My body was getting sicker. And then my relationships were getting worse. And then I got into a relationship with a guy who... Your first love at 16, 17-year-olds, years old, well, this guy thought he was hot shit and... It, so 10, 11 is my magic number and 11, 10. And I just saw that. I'm like, all right. Yeah, we're uh, we, we got the, uh, the okay from above. Yeah. <laughs> so this guy, I think, had his own issues on his life. But I wound up in a, a very DV situation at 67 years old. Um, I had a gun held to my head while he forced me with our friend multiple times beat the shit out of me and his mom would come in and just walk out the room i got hit with a horse bit i smile 
because I can't believe I made it through some of this stuff. Because if I really sit there and go, what the fuck? I don't know how I'm here today. Yeah. So, fast forward all of these gnarly, abusive things. Got married at a young age because I was getting sick, so I had a military marriage when I moved to Vegas. Thought, oh, I'm going to get married. This will fix it. I can make this work. God, that was not the best decision. <laughs> but it uh, brought me back into my body and recognized all the things that were happening, and I didn't understand. My kidney had a 20-pound tumor that we didn't know about until they cut me open. And then and I started recognizing, all right, something's parallel. Like, something's going on here. At the same time, I was a dominatrix because I lived in Las Vegas, and I was angry at men, so I wanted to release my pain. But I was a mama dom. Like, I, they wanted to push their edges. They wanted to, to learn how to trust. They wanted to do things that wasn't safe in their relationships. So I was like, all right, this is how I can heal. Let me do this. And so being sick, being a dom, it became parallel how much the body and the emotions and communication were connected. Then my wonderful self said, let me join massage school. When I was 16, that's what happened. He was, my stepfather was massaging me and it sent my whole body into thing. So the masochist in me said, let's go to massage school and learn how to be a massage person to more trauma and like, let's see how we flow. Love it. <laughs> I most people like hit that avoidance like a lot of times, but like it just, I feel like it just shows how much you're like challenging. Yeah. Like, no, I'm here. Like I meant to stand strong and this is how I'm going to defeat it. Like to me, that's how it came through. It understands that now before I didn't understand it. I was just like, because when I was a little girl, my grandma told me, you should be a massage therapist. And I said, no, I don't want to hate my job. And she goes, what? I said, grown-ups hate their job. I love massage. I don't want to hate it. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> it's a true story. A lot of them do. They do. And when you're a little kid, you see all the grown-ups saying, I hate my job. I don't want to go to work. I love massage. Why would I want to do that? <laughs> I don't want to hate massage. <laughs> so I ended up doing it. And that's when I learned. I could hear the body differently. I went into cranial sacral and all of these like energy elements of the learning. And I went, wait, the body talks to me real different than my other classmates. I went, okay. At that time, my health was still, and like they were telling me I had six months to live and like I should just be in comfort care and this and the other. And like, and I let it. At first, I let it like, kill me. I let it going, okay, I'm going to die. This is, this is it. That's all. So that was fun to live for like life like that for a little bit. Breathe. Where are we? Okay. So I started learning the body a little bit more and I started connecting to myself. But okay. All right. My tumor is literally the psoas. I lost my kidney and I went, all right, I'm done. Like, I'm, I'm not doing that anymore. And I went deeper. I went deeper into the stories. I went deeper into the ancestral. I went deeper into the thing. I realized how much your body communicates with you. But because I'm such a 
masochist and voyeurism and all that stuff like my kink side had to bring it in like how do i help people who have to look at their body and themselves differently after abuse after neglect after abandonment after all these things after the doctors tell them you're crazy leave it alone like i had a doctor want to lock me up because i was like no there has to be more there has to be something else and they wanted to put me in a psych ward because i wouldn't give up it's so i um I had this beautiful blessing of, I, I was a fitness coach for like 13 years. And there was this woman that came into my frequency and I will never forget her in my entire life. She had stage four cancer. And they were like, we can do nothing. And she was like, I wanna do the at least the minimum. And she took hold of her life. And it I have like goosebumps and I'm about to cry about it. Um, she like started juicing, like went vegan, started taking care of all these spaces, bought herself a damn Porsche, right? Like came to the, the studio, rolled up in her, her Porsche and she even let Jimmy take it, my husband for a ride. She was like, oh yeah, this is my, my once in a lifetime. Go for it, go have fun. She is still alive. She rings the bell at um, Moffitt down here regularly she's a grandmother now she saw her daughter's wedding like all this I'm gonna like cry over it <laughs> yeah um, it's just very like beautiful because they're not always right if you have like that passion and will to like move forward like I feel like they can't like somebody trying to lock you up because you have a will to live is just fucking crazy like uh, I have to be careful because I've offered to do like say stuff to doctors and I've gotten like banned on Facebook for it. <laughs> be careful what I say but that's like that's why I have my clients who come to me I'm like I will give you the words I will give you whatever you need go advocate for yourself yes go advocate for yourself oh man it's crazy that they just like you're done yeah take take a back seat let it take over and that's what got me into more and more I know this may be touchy for a lot of people so I want to be very careful I'm very holistic and very no one else is going to tell me what to do to my body after all of the abuse that I've been through, I know my body and how it works and the mechanisms. I'm not going to put anything in me, put anything out. Like, I'm not going to do anything that my body doesn't say, hey, this is a yes or this is a no. Yeah. And so I'm very sensitive because I understand where other people are in their journey or their storylines or how they feel. Like, but for me, it's a, nothing's going in me. And if it does, I have the conversation of, okay, like last night we went to Olive Garden. And I ate a bunch of breadsticks. I know I'm not supposed to. I've been on and off my vegan and juicing. And then I put the breadsticks. I couldn't help. And I'm eating it. And I'm like, damn it. I know what this is going to do. But <laughs> I really want <laughs> I, I have. It's not as extreme. I have celiac. So I have those moments where I'm like, how bad do I want to feel for the next, like, three days? Is yep. this, mm, if I say yes, I know what I'm I going I know what's going to happen. <laughs> I'm doing this under my own free will. That's, that's, Everybody, please. That's it. That's the consent. I understand. That's all I want people to get to. I just want you to understand. Okay. Because for the longest time it was, why am I in so much pain? I was on so much pain medication. I've done so much stuff, so many drugs that, and this comes back to why I love what I do, because I just wanted to be told there's other ways. I just wanted to have the knowledge that I could do something different. And then when I started recognizing other people's bodies and their health and their love and intimacy and just literally seeing it like an MRI going pink, 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 I'm like, okay, when you have this information, you get to choose what you do. 
Yes. It's beautiful. And like in here, I know you're like, it's probably sensitive. Majority of the people in here are going to agree with you. Just so you know, most of the people have faces. They're all going to be like, yes. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm bouncing off of that. Uh, they told me I could never have kids. And then if I did, I was going to die. The baby was going to die. Anything like that. Um, and so I, I just, I accepted it. Even though for years I tried, I wanted to be a mom, everything. And I know it's different for some people who, who may not be able to have kids or didn't want, like, but this is my story, so we're going to share it this way. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I've been with my partner since 2014. His sister's my best friend, so I've known them since 2006. And um, for years, years, we did not have protected sex. Like, they just said it, it was never going to happen. For, and it wasn't happening in my marriage, in my life. Like, it wasn't happening. So, what does it matter? Um, in 2020, I juiced, I did a bunch of cleanses, I did a bunch of things that helped my body just help my body period my tumor started shrinking like and mind you my tumor is like 11 so like it it comes from like my ribs down into my hip down in my pelvis kind of a thing not anymore i'm shrinking it i'm law of assumptioning that shit <laughs> it's 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 getting tiny um but so i was told that if i ever got pregnant i have to terminate and i'd never be able to have kids and it'd kill me in this and the other um June of that year, after I did all, I had COVID, I did all of those things, like, or I had my second or third round of COVID because I was already sick before they announced it. <laughs> but I was juicing and doing all these things. A friend of ours, or our cousin got pregnant and I just sobbed. I got in the tub and I sobbed and I just grieved. I've never had that kind of a visceral sound come out of my stomach and out of my body. Like, it was painful. And, and my partner comes in and he's just holding me while I'm in the bath. And I was like, God, if you ever put a baby in me, it means I could do it. If not, I understand. June of 2020, September of 2020, Tyler went out and got a buck, a big 13-point buck, came home, and got me pregnant. I love that. On October 11th, so 10-11, I found out I was pregnant. <laughs> And I had to tell him, and he goes, okay, we know what we have to do. So the moment I found out, I had a, this much joy, and then the rest was, why are you doing this to me? On December 22nd, which is my birthday, I was going to find out I was 16 weeks. So all of these dates are lining up, like, Heather, you're okay. Heather, you're okay, don't give up. But I'm being met with everyone saying you need to turn. You're not allowed to do this. You can't do this. You're going to die. The baby's going to die. It's not fair. You can't leave him with a cripple. Da, 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 da. He wasn't supportive. Like, I had no support. And I just had this little thing in my head going, you told God, if you put a baby in me, it means I can do it. Regardless if it's God, universe, source, all of the, the my protection, all of my people, whatever it is. So in Wisconsin, you can go up to 21 weeks and six days. And every day, pretty much, I had someone going, are you going to? At one point, I had them convinced, had me convinced that I signed the paperwork, but you have to wait 24 hours. And there was just something in me going, you can't give up. 
you can't. No matter what, you can't. And I was terrified because I was either going to be doing it alone, I was going to be crippled and, and mangled or dead or all of the things. And then I found out I was having a little girl. And I went, okay, I found out on 10-11, which is part of my magic number. I was 15 weeks on my birthday. Her due date is between my aunt and her dad's birthday. I can't, I can't ignore this. And I kept trying to tell everybody, I just have to do this, I have to do this. I got past the 21 marks, and mind you, I wasn't allowed to tell anybody at this point. No one wanted me to say anything. So, like, I had, when I wanted a baby, I wanted that joy and the happiness and everyone celebrating and all of the things. And I didn't get any of that. Everyone was shocked and like, holy fuck, are you actually doing this? And then the day that I said, okay, I had a name picked out since I was a little girl, but the baby was in my belly and I went, all right, let's find out your name. And I was sitting there and I'm standing in the bed, or I wasn't sitting, I was standing in the bathroom and I said, I really like Aspen. And at this time, Bindi Irwin had just named her daughter Grace Warrior, I think. And I'd never heard and I went, I can do that. And so I said, Aspen Warrior. And every other name, nothing, nothing. I said, Aspen Warrior. And he started tumbling and kicking and moving. And I went, oh, I got chills. I said, okay. Because since the moment I was pregnant, I called it my little warrior fighter. My miracle warrior fighter the whole time. And I went, all right. And then I had a vision that I was going to have an emergency C-section on May 12th, a month early. Well, I had an emergency C-section on May 12th. We almost died. Uh, my placenta burst. I was bleeding out. She was like, it was not good. I remember them saying, the baby's out. She's tachycardic. And I went, is she okay? And I said, we're working. Like, she's good. And I said, am I okay? And I said, we're working on it. And then I got tired, and everything went black. And then I heard, you need to wake up now. And I came back, and I started shaking and puking and all this other stuff. But then I got to hold my baby. <laughs> and it just keeps bringing me back to when you advocate and fight for yourself. And you trust and you believe, no matter how you do it. You get to have that life. You get to have these things. So I took all my stuff, and I made my beautiful little MRI sessions where I look at you and I look at you in a way that nobody probably has ever seen you and sometimes you don't want to hear it. I've had sessions where people are like really mad at me because I told them something and then it made them think about, oh shit. She sees me. That's like the hard part is like, I, I've tried to explain to people before, like when they're first stepping into like their gifts, mm -hmm. like even if it's that, like, what you do is so um, intimate, which is so, uh, but people don't realize like when you tap into your gifts and you see and witness people, you are seeing them like completely naked. Like you are yeah. seeing out any of their fronts, any of their walls, any of their defense. And when you see that and you bring it to light, of course they don't know how to react. It's like you walked in on them. Yeah. And so they're just like, what the fuck? Like, how do you know that? And like, you'll see it and you can feel the energy shift. Like, oh fuck, I'm being seen right now. And it's hard for them to work with. So I can't even imagine on your level, like 
work that you do, how people respond, like how they can even hold composure. Right. And that, that, like some people ask me, like, why did I pair the kink with it? Like not everybody in Nilo just communication, just connection. Like, and that's why my work isn't based. Like I can't jump in and tie you up or put your edges this way when you're still in this frame or you're still in the learning about you and your body. But then I get over here and I'm like, okay, we've gotten this point. Let's put, add some rope. Let's add some restraints. Let's add some things over here because it's a whole nother level when you're on, when you feel restraint and it let go when you're talking about the story. Yeah. Or when you flip, because I'm an intimacy dominatrix and a medical intuitive, like, to think about your body on that level, to dom yourself and to, to be submissive to yourself. When most people can't even look in the mirror. No. And like now you're at this space with them. It's like, that was like one of the parts that I thought was so profound about the stuff that you do is like, there are women that have, and people don't always admit it. Like that's the other part. I can see how fuzzy I am. It's so funny. <laughs> well, I mean, it makes my hair look like you can't see the frizz, which is beautiful. Yeah. Okay. We've got some body deal. Um, some people have these moments where they walk by the mirror and they immediately like turn their face. And I witness this all the time. I see it. You see when you're in the supermarket, you feel it yourself. Like if you open the, the freezer door and you see your face, people are like, well, automatically like look away. And now you have to face you, your body and all the trauma you've worked with is like, insane and that like that's been my hardest thing because i've had to look at some of these things but also my masochist side i'm like okay let's dive into this let's go deeper into this let's like i think the one thing people love and hate about me is because i just go okay here you go i, I literally had a client sign up for a year and on the second session I spilled with them a lot of things and they went into like a, uh, um, they went backwards and they're like, one, you can't know this. We're supposed to be working together for a year. This is too early, too soon. But this is stuff that they had been subconsciously like having. A few weeks later, they text me back and go, hey, you were absolutely right. Da 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 da. And it's not that I'm like, oh, I'm right. It's you come to me. The universe is going to go here. You asked for the support. Here you go. And it, it doesn't mean you're going to get the support the way you want it. No. <laughs> like It's not going to come like, and that I think is like one of the hardest things too for people when they come into like a healing space is they don't understand when you come into healing, it's not fucking easy. It is not what you see on TV. Like Gandalf is in here with this fucking beautiful white cloak. Like it's not like that. It is hard. It is tearing. It is crying. It's fucking hating people around you. There's like so much that comes into it. And when people start to see that and get woken up to it, I feel like they have moments of like, oh shit, is this really what I want to do? Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I'm sure you have had it just as much. Like I've had them going, why am I doing this? <laughs> yes. One of my favorites, somebody gave me a review and it was one of my favorite ones. She will tell you exactly what you need to know whether you want it or not. And I was like, that's a fucking truth. That's like the truest, that is the truest uh, little- That's who uh, you want. Yeah, I was like, 
that is a hundred percent exactly right. And I, this one, I love the most just because I feel like people get that in advance. So they know in advance, like, no, we're not gonna, it's not going to be beautiful sunshine, rainbows, unicorns aren't fucking running by. It will eventually happen, but not at the beginning, especially at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I think, I don't know why this is coming through like this, but I think that's the thing. Like I never wanted to be rainbows and butterflies. Like I fought my business so hard because I know I'm dark and, and luxurious and kinky and shadowy and I'd see all the butterflies and all the, the pinks and you, you can't talk to their pain points, and, but talk to their pain points like this. And I'm just like, how do I mix the medical and the intimacy aspect? Because it gets real hard to be butterflies and lightning bugs when I'm like, hey, you need to be divorced right now. Thank you for joining us on this enchanting journey through the realms of magic and empowerment on The Coven Connection. I'm Nicole Pilavon, and you've just experienced the first spark of the magic within. But hold on tight, because our journey has only just begun. The cauldron's still brewing, and the spells are far from over. Stay tuned for part two, where we'll dive even deeper into the mysteries and manifest our wildest dreams together. Remember, you're not just heard, you're witnessed, and your magical self is celebrated here. So until next time, keep your broomsticks and your business plans ready. The magic continues. Stay enchanted, my fellow witches and seekers.